Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Dusseldorf, Germany with my new friend Jenna Davis of lifeindusseldorf.com. Jenna's husband is from Dusseldorf and he brought her to the city. She loves that there's never a dull moment, despite the fact that the city has only 600,000 people. In this episode, Jenna and I talk about the Christmas market in Allstadt, climbing the rain tower, and raising a stein at German breweries. You have about these three amazing attractions, plus so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Dusseldorf. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWallet to start your free account. Hey, Jenna, welcome to the show. Hello there. Thanks for having me. Oh, fantastic. So today we're talking about Dusseldorf, Germany, and it's a city that I had a chance to visit probably seven or eight years ago and had a wonderful time there. It was very brief, but fell in love with how awesome the, the little downtown area is there. And so I wanted to have you on the show. Uh, I met you through Travel Massive and just want to learn all about like the things that I missed while I was there. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk about it. I've got lots of lots of tips and lots of info. Fantastic. So what's your connection to Dusseldorf? Well, um, I first moved to Germany actually back in 2014. And that's because I met my husband in South Africa in 2012. So after two years long distance, I finally decided to make the big move over to Germany. I lived in Freiburg, Germany for about eight months. And then I finally moved on over to Dusseldorf because this is where my husband's family uh, was settled down. So we decided to build our family here in Dusseldorf. Oh, that's amazing. Since you've been there for a few years now, how would you describe the, the people or the city in just one or two words? In what two words? I would definitely say that the city is very modern and very artsy, though I have to also say that this is not something that drew my attention to Dusseldorf. So when I first came here, I really didn't enjoy the aspect of the fact that it was modern and artsy, but there's so many other I think really neat hidden gems in Dusseldorf that ended up allowing me to then fall in love with the city after that kind of, I guess, basic, when you first look at a city, what do you see? You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. I mean, we spend a lot of our time in the the Allstadt and we'll talk about that in a, in a few minutes, but that's one of the things I, I think I love about European cities is that there's that mix of like the modern, like you mentioned, and then also just the old world coexisting in the, in the same city. Yeah, exactly. I think it's really unique, and Dusseldorf definitely has that. <laughs> okay, so if people are planning their, their trip to Dusseldorf, what's the weather like throughout the year, and then are there certain festivals or, or certain attractions that maybe they should plan their, their trip around? The weather in all over Germany is a little bit different. So in Dusseldorf, I would say spring and summer are definitely the best times to be there because fall and winter can get a little bit rainy. I mean, not super cold, but just not comfortable to go around and traveling when it's pouring rain outside. So April and May are usually the best months, I would say, because they actually get quite warm, I'd say around mid-20s. And we also have this beautiful field of gorgeous purple flowers just blooming 
everywhere all over the city. And this is something that I always think that is amazing to see and experience. But if you are in Dusseldorf over the winter periods, of course, we also have festivals like, I mean, we've got the Christmas markets, which are absolutely incredible. And then come February, we will usually have Carnival, which is just a huge celebration. When we were there, we missed the crocuses because we were there in, in January. And so I think we caught like the tail end of the Christmas market. And it was so cute uh, being able to walk around like the Alstadt and having like the mold wine and everything else. It was uh, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. And funny enough, I'd say January is like the worst month of the entire <laughs> year to go to Dusseldorf. So I'm sorry you really didn't get it in its best light. Oh, sure. But no, we had a fantastic time. And I want to step back. When you mentioned the weather of the 20s for the American listeners, that's in Celsius. That's that's not Fahrenheit. So it's not freezing in the in the summertime. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> so twenty degrees Celsius is probably seventy or eighty in, in Fahrenheit. Yeah, I'd say lower eighties probably. Okay, yeah. So I don't want to scare off the, <laughs> scare off the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so when uh, when we're flying in from say, the United States, do we fly into Dusseldorf, or is there another airport we fly into first, and then kind of divert over to Dusseldorf? Dusseldorf actually has one of the largest airports in uh, Germany, which is kind of surprising to many because it is not one of the largest cities, but I believe it's the third largest second to Munich and Frankfurt, though I don't want to say that too quickly because now we've got Berlin with the brand new airport open as well. So it could be the fourth, I'm not sure, but you can definitely fly straight into Dusseldorf, absolutely no problem, and it's a really big, clean, easy-to-get-to airport for sure. Okay, so say we fly into Dusseldorf. And we want to get into the, get into the city. Do we take a public transportation? Do we rent a car? Use like a, a ride share, like Uber? How do we get around? The options are limitless, that's for sure. But I always tend to say just use the public transportation because in the city of Düsseldorf, there's just so much opportunity, and I find the transportation system really, really good here. So I mean, why not use it, right? You can definitely do car sharing. We've got a huge deck full of uh, rental cars there and car sharing vehicles. But yeah, I'd say the transportation's really easy. You usually just take, I believe it's the S11. You can take it right straight down to the main train station. And from the train station, you can walk straight into the city center, into the Altstadt, uh, as you mentioned. So it's definitely very simple to get around with transportation. You can also buy a transportation pass for one day, two days, seven days, whatever you'd like. So very easy. Oh, nice. Okay. And so if somebody decided they want to rent a car, because obviously Germany has a very strong car heritage with BMW and, and Mercedes, if they did want to rent a car, what's the parking situation like in the city? I'd say if you want to rent a car, then you would also have to make sure that you're booking a hotel that has free parking. Because if you're planning on driving a car into the city, it can often not be that easy. Right now, a lot of our government professionals or our government workers are looking at really closing down the roads for cars and focusing on making it a more bike-friendly city. So right now, driving a car around the city is probably not the most practical thing. But there are also different tours around Dusseldorf that you can actually rent like an old beetle or something or you can also check out the classic Remise which has got some of the awesome old timer cars as well so if you're there looking for a unique auto or vehicle experience then there's definitely options I just wouldn't say to drive through the downtown area with a car so basically if, if you're visiting do all the experiences while you're in town and then rent the car when you're ready to, to maybe venture outside the city and go to another German town or explore the countryside or, or whatever. 
Exactly. And that's basically what I do whenever I have visitors come is that we do the whole city experience here. We grab a day pass or a week pass to explore Dusseldorf. And then once we're ready to go out to some of the more smaller, charming, uh, romantic, historical towns of Germany, then we go ahead and we rent a car and take that out of the city. Okay, that sounds good. You just mentioned there like getting a pass for the city. Is there like an attraction pass where you can see some of the, the main sites for like a kind of a discount? Yes, we have the Dusseldorf card and you get a huge, like a massive book of discounts for pretty much everything that you want to see and do around Dusseldorf. And it just depends on what card you want to purchase because that's also in partnership with the transit. So you can purchase, I believe, a 24-hour card or a 36-hour card or 72-hour card. And that's a really great way to be able to save some money when you're exploring around here, especially if you're just planning on doing some of the major attractions because uh, this could definitely save you a couple bucks in the long run so we we got into town we took the train in because we didn't want to rent a car is there a certain part of town that we should look at uh, when we're planning our our hotel stay or is there a certain parts where like "Eh, like kind of stay away from that part uh, depending on how long you want to stay, I think if you're just looking to really explore like the major part of the city, then it would definitely be in your best interest to look for a hotel somewhere close to perhaps the Eidstadt or the city center, as we could call it, or also the Media Harbor area. This is also a very nice area. But again, with parking, you always have to just make sure that, that they've got enough parking for, for your rental car if you do choose to go down that route. So what's the the Media Harbor? What is that? The Media Harbor is the harbor where a lot of our media industry is based. And this is simply, it's a gorgeous area to walk around. We have some really nice architecture there. And we actually have our three buildings that were designed by Franco Gehry, which is a very talented architect. I mean, I think a lot of people, if not everybody, has heard of him. Yeah, these buildings are absolutely stunning. And uh, it's definitely just worth it to kind of walk around the Media Harbor. They've got a gorgeous bridge there. They've got some really nice places to eat. And then, of course, right in the heart of the Media Harbor, we also have our Rhine Tower, which is probably one of the best places to be if you want to see an aerial view of the city. Oh, that sounds amazing. So now that we're talking about that, let's talk about some of the, the other things we should make sure that we do when we're visiting Dusseldorf. There's quite a, quite a number of things I would recommend. Of course, as I mentioned, you've got the Rhine Tower. To walk around the Media Harbor is definitely worth it. I would also say spend a day and explore the Altstadt or the old town of Dusseldorf because it is very, very unique. And it's definitely got that classic, you know, German charm that I think people expect when they come to Germany. So that's definitely a really cool sight to see. Mm, I would also say what many people also might not know is that Dusseldorf is very well known for having one of the largest Japanese communities outside of Japan. So our Japanese food, especially on Immermannstrasse, if you can remember that one. Yeah, don't ask me <laughs> to pronounce that one. <laughs> Right? No, it's close to the train station. That's all you really need to know. Anybody can direct you. But we have some amazing Japanese food here in Dusseldorf. 
And if I were to pick one more, I would also say definitely visit the K21, which is a modern art exhibition here in Dusseldorf. And I have to be honest, I'm not big on art or museums. That's just not my thing. But you have to visit K21. It is really, really cool. And it's more of an adventure experience than anything, because there is an installation. It's called In Orbit. And it was originally just a temporary art installation by a very talented artist. And He hung a net about 25 meters up into the glass ceiling of this museum where people can actually go on this net and crawl around. And there's like pillows up there. And it's basically supposed to mimic the feeling of being on a spider web or yeah, being able to crawl through a spider web. So it's really, really fun. I mean, it's got a sense of adrenaline, but it's also very unique because of course you also get access to the rest of the art museum as well. And some of their pieces there are really, really fantastic. That sounds amazing. I think that's one of the things that I love about visiting cities and countries outside of the United States, because I don't think they would allow that in in the United States because they'd be afraid of getting sued or whatever. There's absolutely no way they would allow you to do that. I I totally agree. (laughs) I've come from Canada and I always thought the same thing. But thankfully, in order to make it a permanent exhibition, they decided to go and redo a bunch of the wires and everything. So it's very dirty. You have to wear hiking shoes and one-piece suits when you hop into this net. So (laughs) That's pretty amazing. I do got to say... I would not have ever thought that, okay, if I want to go experience Japanese culture, to go to Germany. Yeah. It's just not in my thinking. But that's pretty amazing that you like they've embraced the culture there and, and made part of the city their own. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, for sure. And when we talked about festivals, I didn't mention that one, but we also have Japan Day, which is usually, I believe, in May. Sometimes it can change, but it is one of the busiest times to come visit Dusseldorf, but also really, really cool because there's tons of Japanese culture and music and food and the streets are just packed and it's really, really cool. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. My cousin Jeff, he was an expat in Dusseldorf for a few years. And when I told him that I was visiting, one of the things he told me to, to do was to visit the, the killer pitch window in uh, the Allstadt. Can you tell us a little bit about what, what that is? Yes. It's a tiny, really, really like a tiny, tiny little bar. There's actually two floors. And when you walk in, you really think it's that there wouldn't be two floors. But there is a tiny little second level that you can go up. And basically, they don't sell a huge array of different alcohol or liquor or what have you. This is simply where you go and you drink Killipitch. And Killipitch is a local Dusseldorf liquor. It's actually a herb liquor. I guess you could compare it to Jägermeister, but I have to be honest, it is actually much, much better than Jägermeister in my opinion. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So the actual Killipitch shop is actually right next door where you can buy Killipitch and take it home as a souvenir or whatever. Uh, But that bar is really where, I guess, locals even alike as well as tourists really enjoy being able to experience this Dusseldorf culture by drinking a traditional Killipitch here in Dusseldorf. Yeah, when I went inside, I mean, literally, if you stretch your arms out and touch your friend and they stretch their arms out, you can probably touch all four walls. That's how small it is. But from what I understand, like the Killipitch window is that because the bar is so small, what they do is they actually serve you the drinks through a little windows, maybe like 12 by 12, 12 inches by 12 inches. And you can hand them your money, and then they hand you a shot. And so you're sitting outside in the Allstadt drinking your your little shot. I just thought it was like such a unique experience. That's something that 
you're not really going to find someplace else. Yeah, that's true. For sure. You just grab your shot and you kind of, you're really like in the center of the city at that point. So it's a really cool, I think, unique experience and just it off to have. And I always bring every single person that visits me, I will always bring them <laughs> to the Killer Pitch Bar. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the food while we're there in Dusseldorf as well. My first experience with the Dusseldorf food is we went to a brewery because we were hungry. We drove from Frankfurt up to Dusseldorf and it's time for some food. We went to one of the pubs and you know I'm, I'm pretty picky with food sometimes. And I was looking through the menu and I was trying to figure out, okay, what what can I eat that's on the menu? Some of it I didn't even understand because I was in German, right? And then I, I saw something like, oh, okay, a bacon sandwich. I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's, I can do that. And I expected, you know, American bacon, right? Like you, it's sizzled, you know, and, and it's cooked and it's fried and everything. They brought it out. It was like a piece of bread that wasn't cooked, a smear of butter on it. And then what would look like to us in America looked like basically raw bacon on, on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked at it. I'm like, oh my God, I cannot eat this. There are a couple very unique dishes here in Dusseldorf, and I'm trying to figure out which one particularly you're talking about because we do have the minced meat that's raw meat on top of a, yeah, just a piece of bread, basically, and we typically eat that at the local breweries around Dusseldorf, and we also have the very famous pork knuckle sandwich, and so that's kind of like a really thick piece of pork shoulder slabbed on in, in between two pieces of bread and sometimes with mustard. Oh wow! Okay, obviously, uh, bratwurst is like a is like a, a big thing. You know, at least here in America, that's what we assume is a big thing in, in Germany. Is that also something that's a that's like a, a regular meal in uh, Dusseldorf? Regular meal, I'd say for sure, or like a just a snack if you're on the go. However, for Dusseldorf specifically, I wouldn't say that that's one of the most popular ones. I'd say when you look at Dusseldorf and the food culture here that we have, or if you're coming to visit, I would definitely suggest heading to one of the local breweries. I should probably pause my conversation on food here and mention that our breweries are very unique because we have the Altbier, which is, it's basically an English old beer. And it's not because it's old beer, but it's from a very historical or old tradition of brewing beer. So we have this very special Altbier here in Dusseldorf and the breweries will also sell these very unique and these very delicious traditional German meals. And one of those being the Schweinehacke, so the pork knuckle sandwich or or just getting really like one massive Schweinehacke right on your plate with fried potatoes and sometimes a little bit of bacon in those potatoes and some red cabbage and it's just a massive meal that nobody unless you're from Germany can actually finish <laughs> but it's definitely what you have to try as long as you're not a vegetarian here in Dusseldorf. If people are coming to visit Dusseldorf do you have a couple of recommendations as far as whether it's breweries or restaurants? Yeah, I'd say if you want to try out this Schweinehexe or pork knuckle sandwich, as I mentioned, the sandwich you can actually just grab to go in the Old Town at a place called Schweinejanis. You can grab one of those sandwiches. Otherwise, if you're looking for a really nice, full, hearty meal, then we definitely suggest Füchsien, which basically means the little fox. And that is one of the, I believe, five breweries in the Old Town that you can go and experience the Altbier as well. Oh, cool. Okay. That sounds amazing. Like I said, we were only there for 24 hours and I know we missed out on so much. And I think sometimes when you travel, it's like you do little appetizers of cities and realize the city is, okay, I found something special there. I want to come back and I want to be able to spend 
you know, several days or a week in that town to be able to explore everything. And I think that's part of what traveling is all about is figuring out what you like and then going back and spending more time in those places that you end up liking. Absolutely. I've been to over, I guess, 50 countries now. And I now I just have a long list of the places that I need to go back to because I had that little appetizer, <laughs> that little taste. Oh, that's fantastic. So, okay, well, now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Dusseldorf, where should they go and what should they eat? I know I mentioned the pork sandwiches, but I have to say, if you only have one meal, then chances are you're going to want to stick to the Eidstadt or the Old Town. And Fuchsian, as I mentioned, is in the Old Town, but there is one that is very, very central to the Market Square and to the Killipitch Bar, as we mentioned, and straight across the street from the Rhine River. So in order to get the full Dusseldorf experience, I would say you have to go to Uriga. And there are a number of dishes you have to try, but if you're looking for something that is super, super unique to Dusseldorf, it would have to be the Zoll Aya. And this is basically a pickled egg that you get on a plate and it's really like the shell looks brown and then you open it up, you cut it in half, you scoop out the egg yellow, the yolk, and then you mash it up and you mix that with a little bit of salt, a little bit of mustard, a little bit of vinegar, and then you put the paste back in the egg and you eat it. And this is at one of the breweries. So Uriga is an Eid beer brewery. And this is what you definitely have to try if you really want to get something unique here in Düsseldorf. Oh, wow. That sounds, well, it sounds complicated. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but they will help you at the brewery. If you want to ask, they will actually give you usually a piece of paper that tells you exactly how you need to prepare it. And it's a fun little thing to do while you're just sitting there enjoying the scenery around you and drinking some ice beer. So. Yeah, well, I mean, especially because I know some of those German beers are pretty strong. Yeah. After a couple of those beers, there's absolutely no way I'm going to be able to remember all those different steps. So it's good to have them written down. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Now, you lived in, in Dusseldorf for a number of years now. What's one of your most memorable stories? One of my most memorable stories here in Dusseldorf would have to be that for the last few years, actually, I have been able to actually go on to one of the parade floats during the carnival season. So depending on where you're from or depending on where you visit, carnival is a very different thing in many different countries. And for Dusseldorf or for NRV, um, specifically the region North Rhine-Westphalia where we are, Carnival is very, very popular and it, it is an additional season within itself and it runs a week long and then on the Monday is when the big parade actually comes. And for Germans living here, the opportunity to go on to one of those parade floats is like slim to none. So unless you're part of the Carnival Committee or you have some connection into the parade, you're not going to ever have that chance to do it. So this is like, I guess, a huge dream for so many Germans. And I've just been so lucky to, to be in good communication and in close communications with the tourism board. Every year for the last three or four years, I've been able to hop on board and experience it, the entire parade from the float. So it is a really, really cool experience because I've never seen or experienced anything like Kanova in Dusseldorf. Oh, that sounds so amazing. What a unique opportunity for you. And I think we've all been to parades and, and maybe some of us have been to Carnival. But seeing it from the, the vantage point of the float versus being on the, on the sides, that just sounds incredible. Yeah, totally, totally different experience. But uh, you really get to see it for all it is and in kind of one big screenshot. And the costumes are amazing and people are just out, the family and friends and babies. And 
adults and everybody's <laughs> drinking and <laughs> it's just it's a huge party and it's really really a neat parade to be a part of well i'm jealous i can't <laughs> i don't know what else to say about that <laughs> so speaking of uh drinking and having good times where's the happiest happier in Düsseldorf? Bolkastrasse. And if you haven't heard of Bolka Street before, it is basically known as the longest bar in the world. And that is because it is one long street in the old town that is filled with tons and tons and tons of bars. And they are tiny little bars, some are bigger bars, but a lot of them are offering happy hour and they also offer happy hour to go. So you can get some massive crazy cocktails. Uh, and when the sun is shining or the sun is about to set, Bolkastrasse is really close to the Rhine. So if you'd rather take your happy hour drink to go, then you can really just walk a couple minutes down to Rhine and sit and watch the sunset there. So definitely the happiest place to be during happy hour. Wow, that sounds incredible. Especially if, you, if you're with your, your significant other and get a nice drink and strolling along the, the river and, and watching the sunset. It's hard to imagine something more beautiful than that. Yeah, for sure. Got a huge staircase there too uh, by Burgplatz where everybody sits and drinks their cocktails and their beers and just enjoys the, the afternoon after work. That sounds perfect. So one of the things I also do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. Where's the best place for pepperoni pizza in, in Dusseldorf? Anybody listening to this who is living in Dusseldorf might argue me because we have like a constant ongoing battle of where is the best pizza in the city. <laughs> I definitely have a few options, but if we're talking about visiting Dusseldorf for perhaps a weekend or a long weekend, some are easier to get to than others. So I will stick to one that is also in the old town. And my favorite since I got here has definitely been Lupo pizza and that is because it is very close to Boca Street which is the longest bar in the world it's also very close to Uriga which is that the Altbier brewery I was mentioning as well as the Killepitch bar so if we're doing kind of like an all-in-one tour then you definitely have to stop at Lupo for some lunchtime pizza as well that sounds amazing I will be there so you and I know each other from Travel Massive it's a big travel blogger website what's your best travel tip I would say sticking within Germany, my best travel tip would definitely be to actually take a little bit of time to learn a tiny bit of the language because I feel like a lot of people who visit Germany tend to go home and say, you know, like the Germans are so unfriendly and they didn't want to support me or they didn't want to help me when I had a question. And I think that knowing a few words of German really goes a long way because it really shows them that you appreciate them and that you're trying a little bit. And I can say this from personal experience that when my mom came the first time, for example, to visit, she didn't have a clue. She had no knowledge of a single word in German and it was really, really difficult for her. So the second time she came to Germany, she was able to brush up a little bit and learn a few words of German, like really a few words, like just saying, thank you, hello, how are you? Or sorry, my German is not so good. And this is what she learned in German and it <laughs> brought her a long, long way. Like her experience was different. So. Of course, I have so many general travel tips about around the whole world, but when I'm talking about Germany, it would definitely just be put in a little bit of elbow grease and learn a few words if you can. It'll get you very far and it'll entirely change your experience. No, I, I completely agree. Yeah, just like you said, just showing a little bit of effort, even if it's on the plane ride over, get your book out and just kind of learn a few phrases or learn a few words other than Oktoberfest and Bratwurst. You gotta know, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta know a few more other words besides that. It does go a long way for sure. So Jenna, I really appreciate you coming on to the show and sharing all these amazing tips for Dusseldorf. 
Can you tell the audience a little about who you are, what you do? And then if they have more questions about Dusseldorf, what's the best way for them to reach you on social media? Yeah, for sure. So I moved here, as I mentioned, in 2014. So in 2015, I actually landed in Dusseldorf. And around that time, I was also a travel writer. Uh, But then I decided, you know, I know how to put a website together. So let's build up something in the community so that English speakers have somewhere to go and places to find all the information they need to get started in the city, which is when I started lifeindusseldorf.com. And so I think this is the perfect fit for this podcast and to be able to share all of the information that I've learned over the last years with you guys. But my big project right now has been actually expanding life in Dusseldorf to lifeingermany.com. And there I have basically put together a huge welcome program, which has got more than seven hours of content that helps people relocate and move to Germany because things can get a little bit tricky, especially in the German language. And there is a lot of paperwork, but uh, this whole entire program basically goes through everything and makes sure that nobody experiences any crazy culture shocks and they're able to really settle in as quickly as possible and as affordably as possible. So I've got tons of money-saving tricks there too. And yeah, if you want to find me, you can check it out on lifeingermany.com. Otherwise, just Google Life Induce, like D-U-S, and you'll find me on all of the social media platforms there as well. Well, fantastic. Yeah, we'll include links to all that on the on the show notes. And it sounds like a really valuable resource. And I better keep it away from my wife. Otherwise, she's going to have me selling the house and moving over there to Germany because it sounds so amazing. There you go. So thanks again for being on the show, and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. What a fun conversation with Jenna. I love visiting Dusseldorf during the winter to experience the Christmas market, and I'd love to return someday. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Dusseldorf. We want to say thank you to AwardWall for being today's affiliate partner. It's my favorite way to track airline miles, hotel points, and other loyalty programs. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash award wallet to start your free account today. Join us next time as we visit San Jose, California to speak with my new friend Cassie Kiefer, the author of Secret San Jose. In this episode, Cassie and I talk about hiking Mount Amunhum, sampling wines in the Santa Cruz Mountains, and exploring the Winchester Mystery House. We hope to join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. 